son is voting for Jack Cause he's got what all the rest lack Everyone wants to back Jack Jack is on the right track Cause he's got Welcome back to the first official episode of the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. Uh, Before we get started, though, I want to take a quick second and offer my sincere condolences to the Kennedy family after the loss of Maeve and Gideon. They were Bobby Kennedy's grandchild and great-grandchild. It was such a tragic, horrible accident, and the entire family is in my thoughts and prayers. Now, to transition to a bit of a lighter note, I want to give a little backstory about my guest today and how we met. Uh, We actually met way back when in our freshman year of college. Uh, We met briefly one time, and then a friend basically reintroduced us because I was going to fail American history my freshman year if I didn't pass my final. So, um, Ryan Pryor, who I'm going to interview today is or was a history major and my mutual friend said well how about you just study with him and he'll help you pass so I said okay so literally I went over to his dorm that night and he sat down with me for hours upon hours upon hours reteaching me everything I should have been studying and knowing the entire semester and we just kind of talked and hung out and found a mutual love of show tunes and ended up singing random Broadway songs and studying American history until early in the morning. And um, that next day was my final and I passed thanks to Ryan Pryor. And since then, we have been great friends and it was the making of a beautiful friendship. So now with no more delay, here's my interview with Ryan Pryor. Hope you enjoy. All right. I'm here with my guest, Ryan Pryor. Say hi to the people, Ryan. Hello, everybody. And I want him to give kind of a synopsis of who he is, what he does, all the things. So go for it. Okay. So I'm uh, quickly, I'm a social studies teacher in Memphis, Tennessee. I have an undergraduate degree in history from the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Go Mox. Uh, And I have a master's degree in social studies education from the University of Mississippi. Uh, I have been teaching high school history for five years now, I think. Um, and beyond that, you know, I was raised by a history teacher. My father-in-law is a history teacher. Um, I, it sort of runs in the the family. It's, it's sort of a a family business as it were. So that's where we're at. Um, and so I'm here to answer some questions about the Kennedys. I'm glad you're here because I feel like you can actually tell me facts, hopefully about things. Well, you're going to be surprised by something. Whenever we, we talked about this last week, um, I'm gonna rare. I'm gonna admit this. I rarely admit it, but I was wrong. I was dead wrong about several things that I did not realize. I know you were because I actually went back and fact checked you too after mm-hmm. our conversation. I was like, oh, he I was, was wrong. dead wrong, and 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 I will freely admit that. I, but I was. But actually, interestingly enough, as things happen in life, um, because I am your guru, I uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed the fact that I was wrong because I got to learn something new about. The thing that I was wrong about. So, look at you go. You know, they they say that they say that you learn history so that you don't look stupid at cocktail parties, mm-hmm. um, and that is basically my whole motivation in everything that I do. That's very wise. Is to just not look stupid at cocktail parties. All right. Well, what you drinking? I got. got? Uh, I've got red wine straight from the tap, straight from the nozzle. Um, Love it. Of uh, and and what are you, it's I think it's a uh, it's a it's a blend. 
It's a blend. What are you drinking? What are you I'm have? drinking very cheap sangria. Mm. So cheers, my friend. Cheers. Let's get to clink, it. Clink, 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 clink. All right. First things first, I kind of wanted to talk about how Joe Kennedy obtained his whole fortune. So right. go for it. So obviously there's this whole, apparently there's this historical fallacy uh, that Joe Kennedy made all of his money during Prohibition and that Joe Kennedy was a uh, just a raconteur, a bootlegger, that he was importing and selling you know, bootleg booze throughout the 1920s. Um, and so when I went to go affirm that, I, uh, the, literally the first thing that comes up when you, when you, when you, if you do any reading tells you that that is incorrect. Um, so backstory on Joe Kennedy, he is the son of a saloon owner, Patrick Kennedy. Okay. And he actually comes up and makes most of his money before prohibition even starts. Um, or at least before it ended. Um, he made his money in like stock trading. Uh, he actually did a little bit of everything if you look at it. Um, like stock trading and he had land speculation, just all sorts of different stuff. Um, and if you want to know my source, by the way, there was this book that came out a few years ago called The Patriarch, The Remarkable mm-hmm. Life and Turbulent Times of Joseph P. Kennedy. Um, and fantastic book. Uh, I would. I read the the introduction and I read some of the chapters in preparation for our, our talk today. Uh, just a solid, solid book. And if so, if you're interested in the Kennedys and you want a book on it, and that especially maybe divulges some of the things that are um, <laughs> misunderstood about the guy, uh, that's a great book to go for. Sure, I'll so, put that in my show notes. Too, yes, so you should. Yeah, and, and make sure make sure to include uh, the author's name is slipping my mind at current. But anyway, so Joe Joe Kennedy makes his money in the stock market before, uh, you know, before prohibition even really comes on his mind. Interestingly enough, his father was in the booze business. Uh, his father and he were both in the booze business as a saloon owner and then as an importer of scotch whiskeys. Okay. Question. Sorry. So is his father the one that came over from Ireland then? Mm -hmm. Or was that one more generation? No, his father, his father came over. Okay. So Joseph, Joe was the first born American Kennedy. Gotcha. Um, when Prohibition started, his father was allowed to keep the alcohol that he already had because interesting thing about Prohibition, Prohibition didn't make it illegal to drink alcohol. It made it illegal to produce, sell, and distribute it. Okay? Distrib- distribute it. Yeah, there, there you go. go. There Second you go. time. Second time is the charm. Um <laughs> So they kept all their stuff and were able to sell it off. Not sell it off, but they were able to consume it. Um, But Joe Kennedy, like I said, made money in the stock market well before he made any money in the uh, booze industry. Now, uh, he did, funnily enough, right before Prohibition ended, buy the exclusive rights to distribute Dewar's Scotch and Gordon's Dry Gin. Now, both of these... Are, are seminal if you don't know anything about your liquors, your 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 UK liquors. Uh, Gordon's Dry Gin is like that's the gin, other than mm-hmm. Beefeater, and and uh, and Dewar's is a. It was at one time a really high end Scotch. Now it's it's not so much a high end Scotch. Um, but anyway, he had the exclusive rights to sell those in the United States to distribute them after Prohibition ended in 1933, and sold that company a year later for like the equivalent of $100 million, 
But by that time, he was actually already worth more than that. Really? Yes. He had already amassed like three or four smaller fortunes by the time he even got around to selling alcohol like in the mainstream. Wow. Uh, beyond that, he made movies. Uh, like he, he realized during the Great Depression that one of the things that people were seeing and, – and this is a historical fact. Movies – we didn't as a country start going to the movies more until the Great Depression because it was a cheap form of entertainment. So uh, yeah. So Joe Kennedy, uh, he made movies. After that, he realized that making movies uh, was a lucrative business and he just churned out B-movies during the 1930s, like 10 or 15 a year. His, his movie production company did. What he – to, what the reason the, the money he made from that came from the fact that he would actually ask for stake or stock in companies or or, or in in the rights for the, the movies so that in perpetuity he would make money off of them. So it seems that Joe Kennedy was just a money making machine. Um, yeah, but wasn't it all he had like dirty friends, right? Okay, yeah, but you don't get you don't get wealthy in this country without making a few dirty friends. I mean, that's just the way it works. Were they mafia ties? Like okay, everybody assumes. So that's where things get a little. Like, who really knows, okay? Okay. Um, so the bootlegging rumors, uh, according to this book, uh, and the guy who wrote his name is Nassau, uh, by the way. Um, okay. Basically, the bootlegging rumors come from the fact that um, he struck deals with shady individuals during his years as a whiskey and gin importer. But, like, honestly, the people who did that were just shady to begin with. Like there wasn't you weren't you're not gonna like you're not gonna come across a gin importer or a gin maker who's also like a priest on the side. I mean, I'm sure there's like a <laughs> I'm sure there's a you know a one or two examples of that historically. Uh, I'm gonna but, find those. But by like the, way. the guy, you're gonna it's gonna be a shady business, right? It's gonna be yeah. so like especially right after it becomes legal. So there comes that. There also was um, a couple of examples. Of in the 60s during JFK's, and we'll talk about this later in a sec, in a bit, uh, JFK's presidential campaign, uh, like Al Capone's shoe shiner said that he had seen Joe Kennedy and Al Capone talking. Totally. And, like, and that they were in, in cahoots. But it seems that a lot of this was just glamorized, like just, just dramatized to the hilt to make the Kennedys seem more risque. Now, the mob has ties with the Kennedys, but it's a totally different thing. It had nothing to do with bootlegging, as far as the research tells. But does it have anything to do with Joe Kennedy? Y yes. So, okay. Joe, so Joe Kennedy does have connections to the mob. It just doesn't have to do with prohibition. Gotcha. Very Ooh. interesting. And I know I was watching a special earlier that I've watched 15 billion times, but um, talking about how, when Bobby started to – come up like go against organized crime and joe kennedy was so angry about it that he even like stormed out of their family dinner like it was a huge thing and uh, like it's very assumed that he was so upset because he was afraid bobby was going to dig up dirt on him right well listen this is not to say that joe kennedy was, i mean I'm, I'm not saying this this uh, uh this does not give him any reconciliation joe was a still a massive jag um, I mean, no offense to if you, for all you Joe Kennedy fans out there, but like he wasn't a good guy, um, by any stretch Sounds of the like imagination. Sounds like you love Joe Kennedy over here. I though. love Joe Kennedy. I know. I mean, I, I, unscrupulous person. Hey, I love JFK and. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and oh, by the way, have I got a quote or two for you, Oh, by I'm the nervous. way, that will, I mean, I mean, I don't think it'll, I don't think you'll care. Maybe. I mean, you, you probably know it by now, but 
pretty funny. Um, okay, so then I wanted to talk about how Joe Kennedy got his mafia ties and how he used them to get Kennedy elected. Mm. So go into that section. Okay, so it seems to me, uh, and so, okay, so this goes to another book, all right? So always with the books, I'm a, I'm a history teacher and I'm also a, a steward of the historical profession, and so I have to make sure that we, we know that everything we said comes from a source. Now, you can contest the source all you want to, but I'm not just pulling this stuff out my butt. Um, I am going straight to the source, which for me, to be fair, most of the time is stuff that does come out of my butt. But this time <laughs> we are, we're going, we're being, we're being diligent. So mm-hmm. there's this book called The Dark Side of Camelot, which I thought is I've a read it. badass so title, by the way. I've read it. <laughs> Very cool title, okay? Yes. And I haven't read the whole thing, I'll, I will say. You gotta um, read it. But it's written by Seymour Hirsch, which, by the way, Seymour Hirsch. Gotta love it. I just love the name Seymour. It's the perfect name. It is. To write a conspiracy novel. Seymour. Like, and I love people, it. this book is filled with everything bad about the Kennedys that may or may not be true. So, going to go in and say that. But it's very Um, good. So, basically, from what I gather, and this is, again, like I said, sort of a tertiary, as much as I can figure it out, um, is that Joe Kennedy's, like, enlisting of the mob specifically comes in the form of of the state of Illinois. So, JFK is running for president and Joe Kennedy enlists the aid of some unscrupulous characters in Chicago uh, to kind of push people to vote, or, 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 or I'd either push people to vote for JFK or to do a little bit of uh, election tampering um, in that particular state. Um, and uh, part of that, interestingly enough, has to do with the fact that JFK, of course, is a Roman Catholic. Um, mm-hmm. That was part of it. Um, but so Joe Kennedy kind of set up an alliance, uh, according, like Hirsch says that Joe Kennedy got a, a judge and one of his friends and arranged a meeting with a, a mobster and then sought, uh, he wanted to like get the influence and in local labor unions, which by the way, labor unions were already Democrats. Like let's not, they were very probably not going to vote for Nixon. Because mm-hmm. you know the labor unions historically have always been tied to the yeah, Democratic Party. Yeah, but the Roman Party. Catholic thing was a huge, right? Huge. I mean, that yeah. was huge. Absolutely. No, I mean, again, even with the Democrats, it's I'm crazy. By that. the way, to think, by the way, that fifty years ago, the fact that somebody was a Catholic was the thing that people like were like, I don't know if he should be president or not. <laughs> no, that mean, really is crazy. Like he's like he likes the Pope. I mean, like it just <laughs> seems ridiculous. Anyway. Seems like Joe Kennedy was like, hey, I'm getting my son elected. And he realized who the movers and the shakers were in Chicago, which is the largest by far voting district, voting block. In, the, in fact, I think Chicago can swing Illinois and probably could swing Illinois one side or the other based on what the majority of the city decides to do. Mm-hmm. So Joe Kennedy makes some, uh, some connections uh, and, you know, he, he was friends with Sinatra who, who we all know had mob ties, you know, sort of, you know, the underbelly, the seedy underbelly. And so the mafia committed some of its resources to the Kennedy campaign, um, had a summit of crime bosses in the Midwest in Chicago, which I thought was pretty cool. Like you have like a meeting, like Crazy. a, a me- like a, we have like a meeting of the dons, you know. Uh, have you heard about the downfall of Kennedy and Frank Sinatra? Mm-mm. Do you know how that happened? I, don't, I have no idea. So, it was after. Oh gosh, I'm, is this not a future episode? Or are you gonna? Are you? Are you giving I'm away? I'm just gonna. Your, nah. Okay. Um, well, I don't know. We'll see. But this is just a little tidbit. Uh, 
Bobby told Jack through a series of events that he could no longer be around Frank Sinatra because of his right. organized crime ties. So Jack, I think it was in December of 62, was supposed to go spend time with Frank Sinatra, like a weekend, a party. Mm-hmm. And Frank Sinatra had like all the Secret Service machinery put into his house. He already had the helicopter pad. Like he was ready. He was stoked. Like the President of the United States is coming to spend the weekend at his house. Mm-hmm. Instead... Bobby said, you're not going, and organized for Jack to go spend the weekend with Bing Crosby, who was Frank Sinatra's biggest, obvious enemy, basically, in music. And literally, Jack landed his helicopter across the street at Bing Crosby's house, and Frank Sinatra went ballistic, tore a bunch of stuff in his house with a sledgehammer, like a whole deal. And yeah, great story. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, first off, with a sledgehammer... Which I think, or a hammer—I don't know. I think uh, just, I remember it being a sledgehammer. A, <laughs> I should probably uh, some kind that. of a bludgeoning device. <laughs> it, it was something dangerous. The, the second part I think of it was that, a sledgehammer. The second part of that is that if Bing, like, imagine Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra living across the road from each other. Like, yeah. I bet those block Christmas parties were great. Like, I listened to Bing Crosby on repeat during the, the holiday season. Oh, same. Can you imagine them just like you know chestnuts roasting? I bet people were like ducking their heads in their cars trying to like. Not yeah. show whose party they were going to. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> like double invites. I'm sure. Absolutely. Right. Like, who are we going to go uh, to? We're going to go to the king. You know, whatever. I don't know what they call it. the. You know, the, the 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 chairman of the board. I'm getting more wine. Can you hear my my fans? My my nozzle. I'm going to leave this in. Okay, that's good. A wine pour is great audio. People should. Know, it's ASMR. Um, <laughs> Seriously okay. though. Now, okay. So back to the back to the thing. Okay. The yes. other issue here is that. <laughs> Okay, so you love JFK. Everybody, I'm sure, listening to this podcast enjoys I do, but I obviously know. Right. I'm, I'm more of a Jackie fan than a JFK fan, which okay. I covered well, in the I mean, first and, podcast had you listened, I, well, so I, you would ha, know. When, when I listen. When I yes. listen. So um, you would know. I love her more. So obviously, uh, I'm a little biased towards her, and the JFK makes me a little mad with his scandals. So obviously the scandals, her, so. and that's what I was going to talk about, which was this. Joe, the reason that Joe Kennedy had to do any of these undermined things to begin with was because JFK was such a rake that he had to make deals in order to get him elected. Because, like, right. So first off, this book, one of the great quotes I love with this is Jack Kennedy was obsessed with sex and willing to take enormous risks to gratify that obsession, which um, – is just, I think just a really roundabout way of saying that he was a massive horn dog, um, <laughs> but I don't think that that works well into the the, the chapters. It's like um, that's the twenty twenty version, right? The twenty twenty version is um, no, I'm not. We're not going to say it. I was going to say something. And this is not going to be good. So anyway, <laughs> no, I'm not to bleep you. <laughs> obsessed, <laughs> obsessed with sex and willing to enor- enormous risk to gratify that obsession. One, that was the reason he had to pick Johnson in the first place. My favorite character in the Kennedy saga, by uh, the way. Get out of here with no, that. No, Lyndon B. Johnson was super cool. Ugh. Super cool. Okay, no. I, I can't even, I, I'm going to bleep out this whole part. I'm going to bleep out that name. Don't you dare so that bleep no one out even the whole part. no hears you say it. Um, so you might have to bleep out this part, which is that um, the reason that Kennedy had to choose Johnson in the first place was because, according to him, uh, he claimed... In a sort of an un, this is a this is from a source that never got published, so it's kind of you know, take it with a maybe grain of salt. But according to this guy who 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 um, Hirsch uh, quotes, Kennedy said those bastards were trying to frame me. 
They threaten me with problems, quote unquote, and I don't need more problems. I'm going to have enough problems with Nixon. His problems were the fact that he had had so many illicit affairs. No, no, not only that. It was uh, also his Addison's disease because okay, they okay. were trying. They were trying to win. You're right with that too. But they were competing obviously against each other for the Democratic nomination and. Uh, Johnson and his people, he got his pride hurt going against Kennedy in a certain speech or something. I can't remember what it was, some kind of debate. And Johnson and his people were at the hotel, I read this earlier, slid yellow pieces of paper saying that he was ill and had Addison's disease under everyone's door in the hotel. Oh. So because of that, Bobby, that's why Bobby hated him forever. He was like, this This is too dirty. Well, to be and fair, so, Johnson was, I mean, let's, uh, one of the reasons I liked Johnson was because he was a dirty politician. Um, but again, <laughs> so so was JFK. Like, uh, you know. I mean, I've never heard of anything but. Yeah. Honestly. So, I mean, and if you ever have, you have an episode about Johnson, which you should, I have a, a whole lot of good stuff about that. Uh, but, I will um, have to bring you on and let you speak to um, yourself in the mic because any, I, I'm not a Johnson fan. This also <laughs> comes, ahead. by the way, this talking about the Nixon part of this, the problems with Nixon, the other part of this uh, is that the Nixon campaign did a lot of sleuthing. <laughs> oh, who would have thunk? Richard Nixon and private investigators. Uh, you know, <laughs> not that that would come back and bite him in the ass. Um, but anyway, did a whole lot of sleuthing during the 60 campaign and <laughs> quote unquote, quote, came up with a lot of stuff, but connections to the mob was not one of them. Or, or, or bootlegging, sorry, bootlegging was not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, even the Nixon campaign tried to figure out how Joe Kennedy was connected to bootlegging, going back to what we were talking about earlier, and couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Um, but they certainly came up with a lot of other stuff. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was publicized, of course, you know, that the mob had something to do with Kennedy being elected. But there wasn't an elected official from the states of Illinois or New York who didn't have some connection to organized crime. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you, you know, you gotta get the pavement made. You know, I mean, the, you are the, the really defending some Joe Kennedy. I'm not this, defending his actions. I'm just saying that it's not unreasonable. It's not unheard of. It's not a, no. Everyone did it. Everyone did it. It doesn't make it right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, um, and then I, you know, kind of going off of that, I wanted to talk about. Joe Kennedy's ability to suppress bad press and how he controlled the media so much. Yeah, I mean, it certainly was a, a, a sort of a game of cat and mouse with the media. Um, you know, he, I mean, I, I can't, I, like I said, and that's something that I'm not even that familiar with, um, to be mm-hmm. fair. Um, you know, I knew he paid off, you know, people, especially, I know he, I know he certainly paid, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the major news outlets, uh, to not show Kennedy when he was weak, um, specifically when he was having bouts of Addison's. Yeah, um, I've got something to talk about next about that. So yeah, that actually leads into my next one. So I'll go on with that. Yeah, because yeah, I'm actually ahead, have a I have an episode coming up kind of soon about how they controlled the media and how over time the presidency has shifted in being able to control yeah. media. Now, well, it, it's well just the different media was. was the reason that the, the reason that media the reason that Kennedy got elected in the first place was media. I mean, Kennedy looked better on. Um, TV than Nixon did. So, like, I mean, you know, Nixon was sweaty and whatever. And and that when you listen to Kennedy speak, when you watched Kennedy on stage, he just had a better stage presence Mm -hmm. than Nixon did. And the and also to be fair, the 1960 election was really the first presidential election where people could actively view the goings on. Right before that, it had been all radio. 
Mm-hmm. And if you want to know how Eisenhower got elected, besides the fact that he was like the commanding general of Allied forces in World War II, would uh, Eisenhower looks like a baby. I mean, he <laughs> looks like a baby. Well, that's kind of interesting to me about um, uh, not Eisenhower. I'm sorry, Roosevelt. I was going to say how right. in the media he they controlled it to where barely anyone in the nation even knew he was in a wheelchair. Right. Well, well, how would you? I mean, can you imagine being, by the way, a voter in the 1940s and 1950s, and you might have never seen your president? Yeah. You know them by the sound of their voice, but you've never Mm -hmm. seen them. And that's why when people finally got televisions and they're looking and they're watching these debates and they're watching uh, interviews and they're like, hey, that Jack Kennedy guy, it's also, by the way, why being president now kind of requires you to have a commanding... Right. You know, like, you have to have a look. Um, you know, like, And I feel like uh, Jack actually set the precedent for that a little yeah, bit. Because he, he, like, I've noticed, like, a lot of people talk about how Bill Clinton literally uses right. his hands exactly how Jack Kennedy did mm-hmm. because it was so captivating. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting how, over time, a president and a president and a president has gathered the last one's actions and either learned from them to do what they right. do or to not. And it kind of transcends time. It doesn't oh, matter. Well, and, and again, like I said, I mean, you know, modern politics, start, modern, modern presidential politics started in 1960. Yeah. Like, and what was captivating then is still captivating yeah, now. 100%, the same, it's, 100%. Yeah. Look at the people who've been elected over the last 50 years. And you will see that, um, that the one of the like literally the traits that follow them through, with the exception, I guess, of George Bush Senior, um, is that they're all incredibly well spoken. They are like you when they speak, you want to listen to them. And of course, current politics aside, and I have my own thoughts about our current president. Let's keep everything. Everything's no, I'm just it's fine. Yes. We're not, <laughs> no, we're not talking about it. But I'm going to say that I will give him this. He knows how to control a room, you know, with with his stage presence, mm-hmm. and that's that's Jack Kennedy. That was the reason Jack totally. Kennedy got elected in the first place. He just he knew how to captivate a room, and 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 again, so to to some effect, you know, Joe used the media to show off his better sides. Um, and then suppressed information about the bad stuff. Yeah. And like you said, with it being the first president really televised, mm. um, I can't remember what it was. You might know. Somebody will know. And somebody's like yelling at me right now through the podcast telling me what it is. But there was something where he brought out his interview basically to Cape Cod and set him up and had him all set up at Hyannis Port with him out in his little Adirondack with his suave style and had his interview there, which makes anything he says believable and somehow captivating because he looks so good yeah. <laughs> on the camera. Are you, you kidding know? me? And then also you add in that Americans, you know, most Americans consider themselves to be quote unquote temporary, temporarily displaced millionaires. So, mm-hmm. like, you look at the lifestyle. Like, it's a lifestyle. It's this, you know, it's, it's you know, Kenny Bunkport and, oh, me and Teddy and Tim are going to go have cocktails down by the, <laughs> you know. Uh, like New England. New England, you know, that, that whole yeah. upper crust. I come from, I'm from Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, you know, <laughs> there is this, this allure, you know, like, we want to be that. That's mm-hmm. what we want. And, like, we want to be that sort of suave, like, Going to parties every weekend and and you know living the life right going out on your sailboat with your Sperry's and your seersucker. 
Mm-hmm. And to go off of just them and their style anyway, New England, I heard someone say, if you think about it, their accent is even more manipulated than a normal New England accent. Oh, so it's absolutely. Almost like it's Joe Kennedy taught them to be extra with it mm-hmm. so that they were so distinguishable. Yeah. Which I think is phenomenal. And Jackie's father taught her to be so breathy so that she was captivating in that way too. Oh. So it's very interesting to the old think you know, about it's that. like you gotta ask no, dang it, hold on. I gotta, I'm gonna get Don't this. even try. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. No, <laughs> I got it. It's do fine. it. It's fine. It's I gotta charge my uh, computer. I'm um, cringing, guys. No, You're all it's cringing. Fine. You're, I don't care. You can cringe all you want to. Get over <laughs> okay, it. Okay, just right. do it. Get Here it out of the way. Uh ask not what you can do for your no. Uh, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. <laughs> it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger mixed with <laughs> Jack Kennedy. That's amazing. <laughs> Which he was later in the family, so why not mix them together? I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, he you married Maria the Schreiber. with the, uh, the... That's amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I applaud, I would I say, applaud I'm that. Not good. because it was good, but because it was entertaining. I'm pretty good at, at accents. <laughs> I, I would say accents is one of my top five skills. Oh. Yeah. Historical. I think you have four more in front of that that Histor- are probably better. Historical research. <laughs> uh, accents. Um Boxed wine. I don't know if yep. that's a. I don't know if that's brutal. A whatever. It's all right. I, I love it. I'm glad you shared your. There talent. you go. You got it. <laughs> okay. Um, last thing. Uh, kind of going off what you were just saying, but one thing you mentioned to me was Kennedy's drug addiction as an attempt to kill pain from Addison's disease. Mm-hmm. And while being respectful to President Kennedy, what are your thoughts on this? And do you think this would be easily concealed in today's political climate? Well, okay. So you can basically. I, we we don't want to, of course say that it's not anybody's fault, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, what, so my, so I'm just going to bring in my favorite celebrity of all time, mm-hmm. Elvis Presley. Uh, I live in Memphis. I love Elvis. I love, I've read like three books on Elvis. As much as you love Jack Kennedy, like I've read as many, I, I just love Elvis Presley. I find his story to be fascinating. And the, the thing that I find most fascinating about him, and, and I promise you this is going to come back, the thing I find most fascinating about Elvis is that he became so famous at a, such a young age, he mm-hmm. never didn't know what fame was from the time he was 18 till he died at 44, 42, okay? He never didn't know what it felt like to be the most famous person in the world, okay? Same thing with JFK. JFK never didn't know what it was like to either be one of the wealthiest or one of the most prominent people in, in American society, Okay? Add on top of that, that drug, dr- like p- prescription drugs at the time, there was so little knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, so, so little was known about the effects of drugs, specifically amphetamines. And so that's where Jack Kennedy got in trouble, was the amphetamines. Same thing with Elvis. Elvis started taking uppers in the army to make himself, you know, feel good, to, to help him keep going. Mm-hmm. Guy was 24 years old. He didn't know what amphetamines were. He didn't know that there. We, we, he didn't know what we know now, which is that amphetamines have long-lasting side effects, that they're addictive as all hell, and that they will screw you up if you start, if you uh, uh, you know, become addicted to them. And mm-hmm. so JFK kind of has this sort of perfect storm. Addison's disease grows up a celebrity, and also in a time where people were just like, hey, if a doctor gives you a pill. Like, let's take it. Like, sure, it must be good. It has an RX on it. My doctor gave me a script for it. it must be good for me. Has mm-hmm. to be. And, you know, of course, the most famous story is of this guy, you know, Miracle Max, Dr. Feelgood, uh, Max Jacobson. 
I'm sure you've heard of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he was a celebrity doctor, uh, you know, from Germany. And, you know, there's this, you know, sort of story of him going to this hotel and injecting JFK with, uh, like, amphetamines, basically. Which he did a lot which for he, he and which Jackie. He did a lot, which he did a lot. He mm-hmm. was already doing it. And at first, right, JFK was, like, telling his friends about it. He was like, hey, I feel so much better. Like, I, I am happy about this. The problem was, is again, a lack of knowledge. Not to say that they didn't know what amphetamines did. They had, we, people kind of knew, but it's like cigarettes, right? At the time, people were smoking. People, like doctors knew that they were bad for you, but it was like, oh, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. He has this story. He takes too much and he gets naked and he's, he literally is in like a haze, drug-fueled haze. He's running down the hallway, screaming, yelling. They have to like sedate him and bring him back in. Um. So that's, you know, that's sort of the, the, the seminal story, and that's a, that's a story in and of itself. That's a whole episode of your podcast. I'm sure Joe Kennedy was so excited about that. Oh, and by the way, call. the same uh, Dr. Feelgood or Dr. Max or, or Miracle Max uh, also treated Elvis Presley, hilariously enough. Um, but, Look at uh, us. Interests collide. There you go, right? Um, but <laughs> all, uh, all, all the celebrities back then collide somehow. Oh, they so. did. They did. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But anyway, so um, – yeah, he – I don't know. I think Jack Kennedy was just a victim of a, a perfect storm of situation, especially given that the Addison's disease caused him to be in almost constant pain. So, right, like and he had the back issue too. Yeah, with the, the back issue, exactly. Like the Addison's disease, the constant the, – the back issues, like he – I mean, forgot, for goodness sake, the guy was wearing a brace when he was in the limo when he got mm-hmm. shot in Dallas, and that's why he couldn't bend over. Like that's why – it's one of the reasons he died. So – I don't know. I, I, would it be hard to hide it? Yeah, yes. Probably just because of the amount of cameras on you. Um, mm-hmm. Could it be done? Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, we're looking at the we're looking at the modern opioid epidemic right now, and we're looking at how it can like doctors and lawyers are just as susceptible to being uh, pill poppers as you know your your stereotypical drug abuser. Mm-hmm. I think that in the modern age, I think he probably could have gotten away with it as well. Um, but I, I do think that we just, we know so much more. I don't think he would have. Mm-hmm. So, so a little bit of revisionism, right? I mean, that's not a, it's not a great historical practice. We really don't want to go back and assert what somebody would have done because right. we have absolutely no way of knowing. But I can tell you that in, in my expert opinion, uh, <laughs> that, um, I think that he, he probably, again, just a victim of his time, uh, was doing anything he could to, to, to save face, to, to, to be the best that he could be, um, to, 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 you know, eliminate the pain in his life. I do think also there's probably an invincibility factor there. Um, like personality wise, you know, you don't really become president unless you're kind of like, you feel bulletproof or you're like, I'm, yeah, I'm, true. The, I'm the ish, you know? And all the Kennedys were raised yeah, to believe that anyway. Exactly. So he probably was like, also, even if this is a problem, I can handle it, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I can, it's fine. I don't, if I have to, you know, if I take pills, I, I can control it. I'm an educated man. I went to Harvard, you know, like I, I don't, I don't get addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's, I think, that's, I think part of it. I, I think there's a whole series of episodes just about that. Yeah, and like how Joe was hiding stat had stashes of the Addison's medication, like in in lock boxes and security um, boxes all around the country for during the campaign. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Joe Kennedy had what he would do is 
he, he basically, anytime, once they got their schedule out of where he was going to be appearing, Joe Kennedy would like send people out ahead of time and set up um, safety deposit boxes in banks with the medicine for Addison's disease so that he could uh, administer, it, administer it privately. Because wow, you don't I want a doctor administering it. Yeah, you don't want a doctor administering it because then there's a paper trail. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's uh, yeah. So, and he that's did like 30, 40 plus places, like cities in the country wow. where he, would, he rented out lock boxes or, or safety deposit boxes for the medicine. They knew what they were doing, didn't they? <sighs> you know, I, the, the whole thing yes. about. The yes. answer is yes. <laughs> yes. I knew what they were doing. I don't, I mean, like, what is that? That's a loaded question. They knew that what doesn't they were mean doing. it's a good thing they were doing. I'm not, I mean, we're not, <laughs> we I mean, should not, again, we can't. Up, like putting moral morality upon the past is a dangerous thing. It's, it's called pres- it's hard to do. It's called presentism, yeah. and it's it's a it's a. Thing. I mean, there's some black and oh, white that's yeah. obviously good. Oh, that's obviously bad. Like absolutely, a hundred percent. Evil is evil in a lot in most scenarios, but we yeah. have to look at the past within the context of what the past had to offer and the the the, the prefixes that existed, um, mm-hmm. and so. If you're if you're trying to hide a disease from people from a, from the public, the last thing you want to do is be visiting a doctor's office multiple right. times. Um, now, why does this remind me of something? And it's just it, I, I don't think I'm ever I don't think I'm going to come to it in time. Um, oh, The West Wing. I haven't Co- watched it. I, I, I only watched a couple. Yes, you, do I need to watch that? Yes. The I've whole, only watched a couple episodes whole, and I never got into it. The whole first three se- seasons, like four seasons, three yeah, three seasons are like is basically this same thing like the main character really? the, the president charlie uh, not charlie uh, martin sheen it <laughs> has is hiding multiple sclerosis from the public and what? has been getting treat his wife has been who's a doctor has been giving him injections and like it's a whole thing and he like okay don't ruin it i'm gonna watch it no it's a, I, have I, gotten, I didn't even like, two episodes that's not in. even that's not even like a 15th or a 20th okay. of that what that show has to offer Okay, if you're I'm obsessed, with, by the way, if you're obsessed with Camelot politics and and Kennedy politics, uh, the West Wing was basically how do we make Kennedy in the 21st century? 100%. I'm so excited. 100%. That's what I'm going to binge during this quarantine. Oh, you have to. If you have West a, Wing, the fa- Caroline is smirking right now. The fact that you haven't seen the West Wing. That's Caroline's <laughs> favorite show of all time. I'm so excited. The West Wing. There's a whole podcast on it. It's called yeah. Yeah, you can. Oh, there. I think you were telling me to do a podcast. No, I was no, like, no, I no. I'm saying there's a whole, but there's a there's a whole episode, whole podcast. It's episode by episode they do. That's like, very and exciting. It's, and it's two of the people who are on the show, and they bring in special guests. I know what I'm doing the rest of the day. There you go. Go watch. I've go watch. And by the way, like, it gets good from the very beginning, and it's just I don't know. It's just hard to explain. I'm excited. I'm yeah. definitely going to watch it. Yeah. Well, I think this was a great chat. This great was, little Kennedy this chat. This was a great fireside chat. It really was. And I appreciate you being my guest today. Thank you so much to you Ryan are, Pryor. You are welcome, and I am happy to happy to be here. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to hear from your lovely wife coming up soon. We have a great topic in the works, and I can't wait to sit down with her and chat, too, about some Kennedy stuff. Make sure to watch that, some episodes of The West Wing before so that you guys can chat about that as well. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Don't put it in the But yes, I, I will watch I, some I guarantee week. you, by the way, if you poll your audience, all of them have watched The West Wing. Probably so. Like I've seen multiple things on social media today alone about watching The West Wing. I'm not even kidding you. So it's, it's really nuts. weird that you said that. I guarantee it. It's just a thing. I'm excited. I'm yeah. here for it. All right, Pryor, thank you so much for joining me today. And I will talk to you guys next week on the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Come on and vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Keep America strong.
just keeps rolling up Canada He just keeps rolling up The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, we'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.